put us to bed at night and make sure that we're okay. I mean, I mean, we'd be scared of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming back to your air holes, your hosts for the Basically Being Better podcast, Rachel and Abby. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Basically Being Better. I'm Abby. And I'm Rachel. And today's episode is on Three Secrets of Resilient People. It's a TED Talk by Lucy Hone. Dr. Lucy Hone. Oh, Dr. Lucy Hone. Oh, sorry, Lucy. Dr. Lucy. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, that was a creaky chair. Uh, Should we start the episode off with some segments, though? Uh, Go on. All right. You have a quick question, I hear. I do. I have two quick questions. Excellent. And I've just realized they're kind of linked together. Okay, so you're going to do both of them at once? All right. (laughs) After that Just throw the plan out the window. It's fine. We don't even need a plan. Like what plan? Yeah. Okay. So my first question is, you know when you're applying for a job and they get you to put how much you're expected expecting to get paid yes don't you hate that question yes what do you do i don't know but i feel like you're meant to put like higher than you think so that you can negotiate down well Um, they can negotiate you down yeah surely you're not asking the right person i've only ever applied for one job where they've like asked for the salary that is true okay yeah i don't know i don't know what the right thing to do is the other thing that quite frustrates me about this is that why don't they just put the price range for the job anyway and then, yes. then everyone knows what's to expect. There's no, no oh, we'll give you this much. Oh, but we could give you this much. Yeah, like even just a range like, yeah. I don't know, 70 to 100 and then you can say where you think you are in that yes. range. Like it's still quite a large range. It's very large, but at least you've got an idea and then you don't have to be like, I expect to be paid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I would go mm. high. You'd go high. Yep. It's interesting. What if it was a job that you really, really wanted and you didn't care about the pay? Would you go low? No. You wouldn't? You'd still go high? I'd still go, like... I'd still go higher than what I'm currently earning. Okay. Unless you think it's a role that's less than what you're currently earning. It's not for me. Is it for Jonah? Yeah. Is it a role that is less than what he thinks he's currently... Well, what he's currently earning is... Uh... Whatever he <laughs> Whatever the job is, is more than what he's earning. So... <laughs> so, we can't really play that game. I don't know. In terms of the asking for pay thing. But surely he has like a... You sort of know what the job... Well, no, not really. Because this is a whole new world and there's not much information out there. But... I I guess what I want I who I want to be asking this question to is a person that's hiring someone. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know what they expect to see. I know. Maybe we should we should find interview someone about like jobs, applications mm. and interviews and all that sort of stuff because it's also the negotiate that like negotiating in an interview what you want as well because yeah. you get like put on the spot. Yeah, definitely. I like that idea. 
Mm. Let's add it to the list. We'll add it to the long list. Long, long list. I'm sure we could find someone, though. Surely. Surely. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that was not an answer. Okay. Next one. That's fine. It was a pondering. Mm-hmm. Um, second question is, you... Oh, it's kind of linked, kind of not. I really dislike using to whom it may concern. Oh, yeah? Do what? you do a sir, madam? No, I don't like that either. Yo, homies? Yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Sup, G? Does anyone have any recommendations? I end up just going, hello, or like, good morning, or good evening. Well, yeah, that's a good one. Like, good afternoon. Yeah, get around it that way. You could be like, kia Oh, I could. That's a good one, actually. Mm. That or, is really good. Yeah. Kia Is it in an email? Oh. Or is it like the head of your cover letter? No, it's like email. You couldn't do that in a letter. You could do that in an email. You could do that in an email. You can't yeah. do that in a letter. If it no. was on your cover letter, you'd definitely still have to put DS2 to whoever who or is to, to whoever it's to. Or figure out who it's to and make it to them. Mm. I was just thinking because I was doing templates. Oh, yeah. I really despise when that is used, and it's used quite often. Yeah, and Kyoto is good because it's both, uh, you can use it in the morning and in the afternoon, so it doesn't matter when they read it. When the day is. Yes. Because you might send it in the morning, but they might not read it till the afternoon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Her questions can answer today. (laughs) (laughs) We're really nailing the questions. Well, do you want to hear my question? Yes, I really do. Hey, Rachel. Uh, quick question. I have black jeans, but they're no longer very black. They're sort of grey. And I know that you dye your jeans or have dyed your jeans in the past. I would like to know your thoughts on continuing to do that process versus, like, in terms of what the dye is going down the drain versus buying a new pair of jeans I'm thinking second hand like off designer wardrobe or something for like 50 bucks mm. I don't know which, which what's the option what is your thoughts I do not know the right answer oh. I haven't dyed my jeans since I haven't done the, I haven't I used to do that all the time because it was mm-hmm. really good I thought I was doing the right thing and now I don't know Mm. And I'm confused. <laughs> and I don't have the answer. <laughs> I've confused. actually got a packet of dye in my drawer. Mm. And I just can't do it because I don't know if I should. Mm. Because do you? Do we uh, try to find a dye that's like nicer on the environment? We could do because there are. Yeah, I haven't looked into dyes. I just thought, I knew you used to do it. Mm, And that you had some dye that you... Yeah. I don't know. Would you dye, what sort of jeans were you dyeing? Like your just glasses ones or like, like were they nice jeans? Just whatever jeans, or just whatever whatever jeans jeans. you had going. Yeah. Mm, Because mine, I would really like some black jeans. I would really like my black jeans back, to be honest. Um, They're like grey Charcoal yeah. jeans now. Yeah. I'm considering like cutting a hole in the knee and you know, do that fashionable knee oh, hole thing yeah, and have yeah. grey knee hole jeans and then. Yeah. <laughs> fashionable in terms of my. Because <laughs> I know what's fashionable. Oh, the trendy. The trendy, the trendy jeans. jeans. And then 
And then buying some new Buying black some ones. new secondhand black ones. Mm. I wonder what the internet has to say about this conundrum. Mm. Yes. Hmm. So, inconclusive on all fronts. Yes. <laughs> More to think about today. More to ponder. But if anybody has the answers, please let us know. Yes. Give us, like us an email or message us on Instagram or whatever the the way the kids are getting in contact with other kids these days. We may not be using all platforms. We're definitely not using all <laughs> platforms. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I'm glad we could do it. TikTok, yeah? Um, oh, yes. TikTok. What are your thoughts on TikTok? Well, have you I'm, looked at it? I have looked at it. Oh. I'm like a bit confused by it, but also it looks cool. It looks cool? It looks cool. Well, it's just like vines, except. Yes, and I love vines. Ah, uh, right, okay. I um, never got into vines, so I have no idea. Uh, I think I didn't get into it until after it was gone. And just watch, like, Vine compilations. Like, hilarious. Yeah. So fun. I feel like people dance a lot on TikTok. Yeah, because there's, like, um, music tracks. Uh, and, like, there's always, like, a trending artist or whatever. So there's lots the of dancing. The youths. The youths. Yeah. Oh, I actually got some information on this on the weekend, so I, ah. feel, I feel prepped for this conversation. <laughs> Well, that was a quick question within a quick question because I didn't know anything about TikTok. My youngest sister uses it. I have no oh, idea really? what she does with it. Yes. Oh, I'd like to know. Anyway. New interview topic. What do you do with TikTok? When, we, when I went to the Guilty Feminist podcast that was on in Auckland and she was like, she was doing her stand-up bit. She was like, I'm not doing TikTok. There's, I'm just, there's too many apps. I'm not doing another app. <laughs> She was drawing the line at TikTok. Yeah, yeah. TikTok was a step too far. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, so great. Hmm, okay. Uh, Do you have a recent reco? I have a recent reco. It is um, actually three three apps that I have recently found and am enjoying. Wow. So the first one is Good On You. Oh, yeah. Which is an ethical... um, brand searching app so you put in the brand that you want to find out whether how ethical 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 it is and um it'll come back and say whether the, the i've done research into that brand and what their um category they've put on it so they have great good it's a it's, start. it's a start not good enough yeah i think those are the four categories and so um if you type in one and it's not on there you can also like request that they look into it and find out about it as well so i've been using that lately and i've quite enjoyed it especially for the mainstream brands that you're just not sure of and they don't really have like it's a lot to wade through to find out the ethical information on their websites yeah um and it's all over the world so it's not just a um well i don't know where it's actually based is it uk or is it i feel like it is i feel like it is uk Mm, because it still has quite a few like new zealand brands on there Mm, it does yeah definitely think it's uk and it's got emma watson as the front picture as the front picture what does that mean just that she's from the uk she's from the uk (laughs) 
and, and, and like the price is that your soul like determination of where it's from no, is the famous person the front from UK no I think I found it originally from uh, a UK website or company or something like that right yeah right, that's right, my right, main right. reason okay not the Emma Watson fiction no okay um the second app I've found I haven't been using it too much but I started started looking into it is fit our woman fit our woman oh yeah and it is a app for giving you um advice on exercise and nutrition based on your menstrual cycle is it an app yeah so you stick in your um your length of your fir- your last period, your um average or your your length of your cycle, yeah. and then it will um calculate where you are in your cycle. Okay. It's not obviously it's not exact exact because it's not using temperatures or anything mm. like that. So it's just a very general, general guide. guide. Yeah. But it will say which phase it thinks you're in, and if you want to read like so. Obviously, it breaks down into the four phases. First phases, period. Second phases is before ovulation. Third phases after ovulation. And fourth phases... Uh, luteal. Luteal, yeah. Ovulation is the third phase. I said that wrong. So, first phases... First phase, period. Second phase, before your ovulation. Third phase, ovulation. And last phase, before period yeah so basically your summer winter autumn spring yeah not in that order because i said it around the wrong way the <laughs> seasons of your the cycle. seasons of your cycle and if you want to hear about the seasons of your cycle listen to our episode called period power and it's by Maisie hill that's yes. the book we review so go back to that episode and listen to it it was a really good episode it was fun we talked a lot about periods yes um but this app so you go in and it will be like okay you're in phase two of your cycle so this is um a phase where you can do lots of uh intense workouts and you should be eating this sort of food because you're doing intense workouts and your body can eat that sort of food and blah 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 interesting yes it's obviously not doing any sort of diet it's just Mm. doing like nutritional so it's all your general nutritional ideals whole foods yeah Balance carbohydrates, proteins, fats. Yeah. All that sort of jazz. And there's recipes on it. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm, I've just had a quick look through. Um, but, yeah. How did you find it? So I'm following a person on Instagram, Dr. Stacey, someone who runs a program called Men Are... No, Women Are Not Small Men. Oh, yes. Which we're going to review her TED Talk. Yes. Yes, we haven't done that yet. But I was following it, and then she put on a post. She said, these apps are two... She put in two apps, but this is just the one I looked at. Yeah. Two apps um, that, like, are in tune with your menstrual cycle in terms of your approach to training. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, because, like... I'm a little nervous about starting, like, hardcore training for, like, a run or anything because I don't want to, like, mess up my menstrual... Like, my menstrual cycle is still messed up from the pill slash potentially PCOS. Who knows? And so I don't want to mess it up by doing some exercise... Like, too intensive exercise yeah. and it's... And it, Adding another factor to the mix. Exactly. Yeah. So it's quite cool that I 
that this has advice on what you should be doing in your different phases of yeah. your cycle. That's really cool. Mm. Very cool. Yes. And my third app. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I've been busy. Is One Million Women. So this is an app that um, is trying to get one million women to download and be a part of. And what it does is it has daily tasks and you can tick whatever ta- you can say whatever actions you've done. And then it uh, accumulates those actions over like if you do it for, I don't know, a month or something. Um, and you say what, what tasks you were doing that, that, that day out of the tasks they say. So it's easy as things like, uh, and it's all to do with improving the environment. So... Things like, um, even like just having a capsule wardrobe, not eating meat for a day, um, uh, my chia puddings get me some, some points. And the, the accumulation of all the things that you're doing that are, um, good for the environment, waste free, all that sort of thing, like, um, using menstrual cups and things like that, that's an action and stuff like that. Yeah. And when you say that you did that action that day, it accumulates and then it will show on a little graph how many kgs of carbon that you've reduced. Oh, or by doing that action. By doing those actions. So, like, I've got, like, a, like, I don't know how many kgs of carbon, like a, a little bar on a graph saying yeah. that in February I've saved... 20 kgs of carbon yeah. just from the actions that I've recorded on the app. That is so cool. It's very cool. And there's lots of ideas there for ways in which you can, um, like... Further reduce. Reduce, reuse, recycle, that sort of stuff. So, like, making shopping bags out of old T-shirts and yeah. things like that as well. And it gives you how to do these things. Like, it will give you a recipe for um, a low-waste dinner or things like that. And then if you say that you made that dinner, then you can... You get points. You get those points off your carbon kgs or whatever. That is so cool. I'm not uh, I'm not 100% sure why it's targeted at one million women. Maybe it's just because it's uh, advice for women, potentially. I don't know. But, like, from what I've seen, I mean, other than the menstrual cups. Um, it could be for both. It could be for anyone. Yep. But I don't know whether they, like, specifically want... I wonder how they first started. There could be yes, some story. Yes, there could be a story. Yeah. I didn't go into it. I didn't look at it, but I... Yeah, and their Instagram is actually quite cool because it's got lots of ideas. Oh, awesome. Mm. And their Instagram came up with a thing called a... Like a guppy bag. Have you heard of them? No. They're bags that you put your synthetic clothes in when you wash your washing, and they're meant to reduce the amount of synthetic fibres that are going down the drain. Yes. I don't know how well they work and whether they actually work, but it was on a list of things that you could do to reduce your Try. your yeah reduce yeah. your waste on laundry or something like that. Yeah, that's something I want to look into more. Like I've skimmed the surface on like synthetic fibers, and I have heard of bags. I didn't know they're called guppy bags. It yeah. Sounds like a fish. Yes. Um. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I do want to know more. Mm about that yeah i like read an article from consumer nz and it said that it that they did a an experiment to work out whether the guppy bag worked oh and it was like 80 percent of the fibers or something were stopped well yeah if we stopped from going but there's still some yeah fibers that went down stopping some is better than none exactly but the other thing was that so the way it stops it is the fibers get trapped in the bag and then 
you've got the fibres all trapped in the bag and you've just got to throw them in the bin. So you still end up with the waste going mm. into the landfill rather than the ocean. It is the better alternative. But I guess you look at it from when you're buying and replacing sports yes. gear, look at alternatives. Yes. Yeah, see, that's what I want to... Yes. But then you've got this... You've obviously bought synthetic clothing in the past and that you've probably still got in your cupboard that you don't want to get rid of anytime yeah. soon because it's still good good to go. You don't yeah. need to buy anything else. So this is like... An interim? An interim until mm. that stuff is worn out. Mm. Yeah. Potentially, yes. Ooh, interesting. Yes. I wonder if there's anything we can watch. About guppy bags. No, about like <laughs> synth- synthetic fibres and alternatives. And yeah. Things that we can do to help. Yeah. Mm. Add that one to the list. Add that too. one to the list too. Gosh, this has just been an ideas episode. Oof, I know. So those were my recent records. Some fantastic recent just records. Just three S. Take a breath. Didn't even cost me any money. Ah, even better. Boom. Win. Win. Win, win, win. All right, what's your recent Rico? I've got like a tiny recent Rico. Um, and basically being better, reposted this video clip on Twitter last night. Oh, did we? We did. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say we, I'm like, Jono, can you put this on the Twitter? <laughs> Um, so, do you know Little Dicky? Little Dicky? No. Okay. Who's Little Dicky? He's like a uh, artist. Yeah. And he sang that song, uh, and he like wakes up in Chris Brown's body. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So he, I don't know how recently, he put out this song called Earth, and it's got like this animated video, and he's, um... He collaborated with a heap of artists like uh, Who's In It, Snoop Dogg, um, Miley Cyrus. All my rigs. Um, <laughs> I can't even think. Ed Sheeran, like Sia, yeah. like everyone you can think of. Yeah, is, big is, artists. Yeah, big artists like Zach Brown. I love like, that Snoop Dogg was your first oh, go-to in that. It's my number one. <laughs> Um, and it's like a song about the earth and how it's our home and it's our planet and how we love it and how we need to look after it. Oh, And it's cool. this cute little animated video and all the artists are different animals and it's very cool. It's worth the watch. Okay. And I really, really like that he's u- used his... Um, influence? Influence. Platform? Platform in mm. a earth positive way. That's cool. It's very cool. It's even like... Even talks about being more like Leo, because how Leo's all into um, right up there, how he did the um, oh, yeah, Before yeah, yeah, the Flood yeah. documentary, yeah. and he's a real big, big advocate for um, looking after our planet. So it was very cool. That's so cool. I haven't yeah. watched it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Earth, Little Dicky, look it up. It's on YouTube, <laughs> and it's fantastic. Oh, I love that we posted that. I know. We're such good Twitterers. I know. <laughs> Troopers. Don't even know how it works. Oh, dear. Mm. All right. Do you have an Insta inspo? I Once do. You inspired us with YouTube videos, and now you're inspiring us with Instagram okay. things. So, Reese Witherspoon posted this from at Cleo Wade, and they've got lots of inspirational stuff. Oh, like, okay. Some solid 
inspiration going on there. Love um, a good solid inspiration. Yeah. But this one said, don't believe everything you think. You are rare, you are amazing, and you are more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Boom. And I really liked that. That's nice. And it was like, and the words were imposed in front of a heap of sunflowers, and it was real happy. Oh. Wise words. That is wise. <laughs> oh, that is inspirational. I like that on Tuesday afternoon. I know. That's what we need. Tuesday's a hard you day. You are more powerful than you can imagine there, Rachel. Right back at you. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. Excellent. Should, That's a good one. Should we talk about this TED Talk? Yes. We got there eventually. Whew, we've been talking for like an hour. <laughs> Lucy Hone. Yep. H-O-N-E. Yes. In for Nana or Ninny, depending on how you're feeling. Take take your pick. Take your pick. Um, so, her TED Talk is called The Three Secrets of Resilient People. Um, and she is... A director of the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience, a research associate at AUT University, a published academic researcher, best-selling author, and contributor to Psychology Today, Sunday Star Times, and Next Magazine. Wow. So that's cool. I know. She knows her stuff. She sure does. She studied resilience at the University of Pennsylvania in the States. University. University. Okay. Mm. Is that what they call it in Pennsylvania? Yeah. When I think of Pennsylvania, I think of um, vampires. Hotel Transylvania. That must be what it is. Yep. Hotel Transylvania? Yes. Transylvania, which is not... uh, Sorry, I'm playing with that. Transylvania, Um, which is not... um, a place. Uh, no, it is. Isn't it is it? a place. Isn't it in Europe? Oh, man. It's not in Pennsylvania anyway. Yeah, it just sounds the same. Yeah, it's a great, great place name. <laughs> I've, I've... <laughs> oh, God, I've got some good chat today. <laughs> I have the same connection when I see Pennsylvania as well, though. Okay, good. So, you, you were good. <laughs> um, anyway, your TED Talk. Yes, it's a 15-minuter. Yes. Which is always nice. We love a good 15-minuter. It's easy to do. I feel like that's because it's a TEDx talk and they have like a restricted time or oh, something. That's a good point, actually. TEDx. I don't know the difference. I think TEDx is like the one where they go to like smaller places and they just do... It's not like a big TED It's not. Yeah, talk. okay. Okay. I don't know whether they do the big TED Talks, but it's not It's mm. not one of them. Maybe in Pennsylvania. Maybe in Pennsylvania, but not in Christchurch, which no. is where she did this TED Talk. Yes. Yes. Um, so, her, she, they'd lived in the States and they'd moved back to Christchurch, and she was, I think she was just going to go on to do research about her, research for a doctorate. Yeah, so she was in, um, in Pennsylvania, she was doing a research on resilience in soldiers yes. so that their mind was as res- as fit as their body that's the one yes um so when she came to new zealand i think she was doing a something similar on resilience but she'd already done like a lot of research 
about it. Previously. Previously. Okay, okay. Um, and she obviously came back before the Christchurch earthquakes. Yes, those lovely things. Yeah, because she said after that, she after the earthquake, she put that research on hold and like got out in her community to help people, mm. like the training that she's had. Mm-hmm. She put that into play. Um, and then unfortunately in 2014, her 12-year-old daughter was killed in a car crash, which is... Absolutely awful. I thought teared up when she was oh, telling I the know. story. But I tear up at everything now. <laughs> Love Island the other night. The, they were just seeing their families again for the oh. first time and I teared up. It's just so easy. But, it, but obviously her story was awful. Mm. Awful, awful, awful thing to happen. Yeah. And then she actually had to put her research into practice. She became her own case study. Mm. Really? Yeah. Um, but she talk, she's, talks the audience through the three steps, or the three secrets, not the three steps, the three secrets of resilient people. Mm. And before she started, though, she said, like, uh, she asked people to stand up, um, and she lists all sorts of things, like stand up if you've lived through a disaster, stand up if you've had a miscarriage, stand up if you've um, faced a mental illness, a friend of family, or in yourself, and all those sorts of things. And she basically gets the whole room to stand up based on all these different things. And then she says, um, look around you, adversity doesn't discriminate, which I thought was such a good quote. Like, yeah. it, it every, anyone, everyone faces tough times in their life. Yeah. It, it might not be the same tough time, but it'd be... It's something. It's still, Nobody's life is perfect. No, it's still a hurdle and something for them to um, cope with and learn how to cope with. Yeah, that was really that was a really good um, exercise. Yeah, and she also like said that after her um, daughter died, she got like all this welfare information from different. I don't know what they were called, like different departments. support organizations. Support organizations. That's a good way of saying it. Um, but. She didn't want the the advice they were giving was not like. She was at the other end of the expert advice for once, and it was not like what she needed. What she needed was some hope, yeah, like, a glimmer of hope to yeah. help her through something to like look more, look forward to a reason to keep yes. going type thing. Yes, and that's when she came up with these strategies that she took from her research and being like, okay, I'm actually going to, I'm going to have to live this and how am I going to live this? I'm going to have to find, figure out what, what strategies actually work. And from my research, I know that these ones do. So I'm just going to put them into practice and see how they work in real life for me. Yeah. 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 So first strategy. First strategy. First secret, whatever it is. Is... Resilient people get that shit happens. Yes. Which goes back to that diversity doesn't discriminate. Them. Yeah, that exactly. That nobody's life is perfect. That, you know, like, I think she said when it happened, one of the things she thought was not why me, it was why not me. Like, this can happen to anyone. Yeah. Why not me? Exactly. Terrible things happen to everyone. Mm. And it just suffering is part of human existence. We can't expect things to be perfect all the time. Yeah. So that's not, that's not life. Yeah. 
Do you think you're um, a t- the type of person who realises that shit happens? I think I need to constantly remind myself that. Yeah. It's not... And, like, there's... And I think it also... I also link it to, like, there's good days and there's bad days. There can't be 100% good days because mm-hmm. there can't be. Then you mm. don't know to appreciate a good day. Exactly. It's kind of the same thing, rem- reminding yourself. Yeah. But I think there's definitely two sides to the coin. Like, um... You can get that shit happens, but you also don't want to dwell on the fact that shit could happen at any moment and then uh, stress yourself out with the fact that, like, I could drive to work tomorrow and crash, or exactly, or like an earthquake could happen right now. Yeah. Like, I get that it could happen, but if I constantly thought about the fact that it would happen, then I would be like a nervous wreck. Exactly. And then that would take you away from. Living, yes, because you'd be so concerned about doing anything in case anything happened. Yes, yes, no, I agree. But I think where she's coming from is that, and I'm definitely putting words in her mouth, so it's probably wrong. Is that when shit does happen, pe- resilient people understand that. Oh yes, it's just part of life. This happens, and this happens, like, yep. like, yeah. If you know what I mean. Which, yes, which is really hard to do when you're in the middle of something. Mm. So you've got to, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, because you were in the Christchurch earthquakes. Yeah. And I was in the Christchurch earthquakes. Yeah. Did And the Millennium earthquakes. But the Christchurch yeah. ones were a lot more, well, I felt like I was I was in town when, it, when all the buildings started falling down. So yeah. like. There was a lot more visual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Visual stuff happening. Do, a lot more obvious. Did you wonder, like, why me when it happened? Or was it not a dramatic enough event for you to think that? Um, or did you wonder, uh, you, did you just be like, oh, this is just something that happens? How did you feel about the earthquakes? Yeah, good question. I don't know. It was a while ago. It was a long time ago. I don't think I ever thought, oh, why has this happened? Mm. I think also because I was in the middle of my geology degree at the same time. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, an earthquake, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, you were like, yes, geology, I love it. No, <laughs> not exactly. But I understood that, I I understand that earthquakes can happen at any time. Like, yes. You can't predict them. You can't, yes. like, any of that. So I didn't have those feelings associated with mm-hmm. earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I didn't lose anyone in the earthquakes or lose any, like, property damage or anything like that. Yeah. So, I don't know that maybe that might affect you a little bit more. Like, it would be a little bit more, well, it would be a lot more devastating. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that was a sidetrack. Resilience. So, first thing, resilient people get that shit happens. So, when something bad happens, they understand it's part of life and don't dwell on it. Yeah. She definitely, she highlighted the fact that actually we live in like an age now where just like Instagram and stuff like that, like a perfect life is like constantly in your face. Exactly. So, like more people are less likely to believe that shit happens because we don't see it in our everyday lives yeah. on social media, which is where lots of people are in their everyday lives. They spend a lot of time on social media. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. That was a very good point by her. Mm. Cool. So the second point? Number two. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, resilient people are really good at choosing carefully where they select their attention. 
So um, they focus on the things that they can change and accept the things that they cannot change. Exactly. She, she talked about how um, we're hardwired to, like, notice the negatives. And we're constantly... So, like, when we were, like, a thousand years ago, when we were in our cave, we'd come out and we'd see a saber-toothed tiger on one side and a rainbow on the other side, and we're, like, hardwired to notice the saber-toothed tiger because that's going to keep us alive. Like, running away from it. I mean, not this, it's not going to, like... Draw us CPR or, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... Put us to bed at night and make sure that we're okay. I mean, I mean, we'd be scared of it. <laughs> but now that threat is gone and we're just constantly, like, our nervous system's overwhelmed with things that we perceive as threats. Yeah. And it's just And we like, haven't caught up. And we haven't, like, yeah. So our, we're hardwired for the negative and it's just, like, stressing us out all of the fucking time. Yeah. 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 So the resilient people are hardwired, uh, not hardwired, uh, have worked out a way to look at the good as well. Yeah. Yeah, and not that they demonise the negative, mm. but that they they have learned to focus on both. Yeah, so they've got the gratefulness down. Yeah. Um, she said, one quote that I really like that she said in this part was, she's, uh, don't lose what you have to benefit what you have lost. That really, uh, yeah, that really stood out. I really liked that. Mm. Yeah. You can't change what you have lost. Yeah. But you can focus on um, the future and, and what, what you, you currently have. do have. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which is really cool. And she talked about how um, people who can switch focus to include the good has scientifically been proven to yes. show less depression. Um, in a six-month study. So six months, people, like, uh, what were they doing? They were, like... They were recalling three good things that happened to them that day. Yes, and after six months, it was proven to show less depression and things like that. And I'm like, I haven't been doing my gratefulness every day. Maybe I need to go back to it. Do it for six months and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely... um, Sidetrack, because this isn't about resilience. Mm -hmm. But I definitely notice when... It's one of the things that helps me if I do my gratitude journal or not. Mm -hmm. Definitely helps me. I notice when I stop doing it. And sometimes I have really hard days and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's too hard. And I forget that it helps to pull me out of that. Mm. It is when everything is, like, on top of you and, like, you're exhausted and you're so tired... And you know all these things will help you, but literally the only thing you can do is think about how sorry you feel for yourself. Um, it's so it's difficult to, to like be like, but I know if I go for a run, I'm going to feel better. Yeah. But it's like the amount of effort it's going to take me to put my running shoes on is just more than I can... I can't move from the couch right now. Comprehend, yes. And I know gratitude journal is a little bit easier than going for a run. I mean, you just got to pick up a pen and paper. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be in a book. No. It's pretty nice when it's in a nice little notebook. It is nice in a notebook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think that's one thing that probably out of her three, oh, this last two. So I reckon I get that shit happens. This one here I need to work on. Yeah. I need to go back to doing my gratefulness journal. 
And then the next one, are we up to the next one? Let's do the next one. The next one was um, resilient people ask, is what I'm doing helping or harming me? So they ask themselves that whenever they're doing something that they um, find they're having some sort of reaction to or whatever, they ask themselves, is what I'm doing helping or harming me right now? What what can I do to fix the situation to change my what what I'm doing if it's harming me? Yeah. Yeah, so that it does help me. Yeah, I really, really like that. I feel like that's been a common theme lately in things that I've been reading. Mm. Um, and she really stresses that it can be used in so many different ways and so many different scenarios. And you can apply it to anything. Mm. Absolutely yeah. anything that you do. Yeah, she clarifies it even more and says, is the way I'm acting or thinking or doing helping or harming me? So is what I'm, like, how I'm thinking right now helping or harming me? Is what I'm, how the way I'm acting helping or harming me? Mm. Is what I'm doing helping or harming me? And, like, that's something I really want to put into practice and start doing because that sounds like a good way to look at things. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And it, like, gives you back some control over your decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really like that one. Mm. That is a big takeaway. Yeah, so as I was saying, those two, those last two are the two that I reckon I need to work on. Yeah. Like, I totally get that shit happens. Almost to the point that I think it happens. Like, I'm ready for it all you the time. You would expect it to maybe happen. I, maybe, I, maybe my problem is that I think shit happens too often and that um, I haven't done the other two. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Need to find the good in things. Yes. And not focus on the negative. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think there's a line between the first one and the second one. Shit happens, but you've got to be able to find the good in after the shit. In there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Once the shit's happened. Definitely. Find the good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, She said... At one point, at the end, resilience is not an, not elusive. Mm. It's it, an ordinary process. It just takes a willingness to give it a go. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. I was like, okay, so it's not like... it's. She's like, everybody can try it. Everybody can do it. You just have to put it into practice. Yeah. And she says it doesn't... It's not easy... It doesn't remove pain, but it helps to make it possible to live in, and in her case, grieve. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think that the that it's definitely like her one. Her story is obviously based on grief and the process after grief. But there's all sorts of things that can you can adversity that you can go through that's not necessarily a grieving thing. Oh, exactly. You could um, apply these three secrets of resilience people to anything mm. any scenario mm. to help you through yes mm. yeah so it was a good little TED talk it was I recommend it yeah 15 minutes of your life it's not going to take much no no little quick watch less time than writing a new gratitude journal sure maybe <laughs> <laughs> all right should we wrap it up there I think that's it all right um if you would like to comment on all of our quick questions, which we had no answers to today, you can email us at basicallybeingbetter at gmail.com. Instagram at basicallybeingbetter. And 
Twitter us at being Tweet better. Station. At the Tweet Station. No, what's it called? At Being Better. No, at... On the Tweet Station is what I was going to say, not at the Tweet Station. Uh, on the Tweet Station. At Being Better Pod. Yes. <laughs> that is us. <laughs> Maybe we should prepare some quick questions that we've got answers for. Well, yeah, potentially we should tell each other our quick questions mm. prior to, but no, give our, give our answers away. Yes. That's the hard part. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Basically being better and working it out. Healthy eating, sentence speaking, working it out. Conscience cut the nonsense, working it out. Basically being better. Basically being better. Basically being better. Basically being Just like start it and then hiccup. <laughs> Are you going to be hiccuping this entire episode? Hopefully now? not.